Hello everyone, my name is Andy McDonald, and this week on Unsportsman Like Conduct, we will be talking about Michigan and Michigan State once again, what they did this week, and what they will be having in their upcoming weeks for football. Then we will move into the Lions, obviously they surprised all of us here on the show. We will talk about what they did last week and what they will do on Monday Night Football. And then we will also talk about our surprise game of the week, what happened in either college or NFL football, and then we'll do our stud and dud to end it. That will be what's on Sportsman Like Conduct, episode number two. everyone welcome back to another episode of unsportsmanlike conduct the pro sports show where we talk and you listen this is the second episode of the weekly podcast here on cm life where we talk about everything sports once again my name is andrew mcdonald and next to me and my two co-hosts to my left i have dylan getz dylan how we doing we we gucci we're having a good day today you know <laughs> the usual nice we gucci and oh, also yeah. and also evan to my right evan how we feeling today you know i'm doing pretty good i'm not going to use the the word gucci but um <laughs> you know <laughs> Come I, on. I, I, i'm doing pretty good you know got the fantasy win uh, officially last night so that was really nice um but yeah all in all doing great today i can't say the same i had a pretty bad first week in fantasy <laughs> it was really depressing i played against cream hunt on thursday so that kind of ruined my week right up. <laughs> Yeah. Tell um, me about it. Yeah, that stuff. I mean, yeah, this guy remember, lost David remember Johnson. Remember when I was raving about David Johnson last week? Yeah, he's, he's gone. Makes, so. it, makes it overall a pretty uh, tough week for us, but I guess I haven't had a good one, so we can't complain there. Yeah. Um, also, another announcement that we have. Uh, this will probably be one of Dylan's final episodes here on the uh, podcast, unfortunately. I mean, you guys can start crying for him if you want. Yeah, I know. Um, it, it, it's going gonna, gonna to be a tough loss for all of us. We love having him on here, but he, he, uh, he is going to be focusing on his other podcast called Maroon and Bold, which is another one here at CM Life. Um, so keep looking out for him on that. You can still hear his voice through that. We are very excited, though, to welcome a newcomer here to CM Life, um, Elena Hess. She will be joining us on this podcast weekly from now on. She's sitting in um, here today to be able to listen. She does special. She specializes in podcasting and video, and she transferred from Delta College. So, Elena, what do you got to say out there to the world for the first time? Well, um, happy to be here, and I think it's going to be a fun time. Um, I'm ready. For sure. And that's that's all we need to hear. We just need the enthusiasm here, and we are full of it. So, uh, also, I'm going to ask you guys your Twitter handles to plug those in. Mine is at Andy underscore McDonald 23. Uh, Dylan, what's yours? You already, well, you already know mine's uh, at Dylan underscore Guts. And Elena? At Hass136. And last and, well, maybe least. Not least. Evan. No, I'm not, I'm not least. No. Andy, you can't do them dirty. All right, like I, I got the most simple Twitter handle. It's just <laughs> at Evan Petzold. Simply my name. That's it. For sure. And, well, today, as you guys know, we will be talking about, obviously, the sports in the state. Um, we'll talk about Michigan and Michigan State once again. They both got the wins this weekend. One we're surprised about, one we're not. Um, we'll analyze their performances and predict next week. And then we'll go into the Lions. They had a huge win on Sunday that, you know, I, I, we didn't expect. A lot of people, I think, don't didn't really expect to have the game that they did, putting up as many points they did against that Arizona defense. We'll talk about that and what they can do next week on Monday Night Football. And we're also going to do something this week where we pick a surprise game or performance of the week. Um, in either the NFL or college football, it doesn't matter uh, which one, but we'll be picking one of those for you, and then we'll end with a stud and dud per usual. You guys ready for this? Heck yeah. Let's do it. All righty. So let's start off with Michigan once again. Um, last week they played Cincinnati, and they were about 34.5 point favorites coming into the game. Didn't end that way. Um, yeah. It was uh, kind of a shocker out of the gate. Um, they, they started out really good. Obviously, Wilton Spate found Kakoa Crawford for that first touchdown. Um, it was a it was a bomb downfield, and then the second one was the interception return for a touchdown. Um, so Michigan started off good, and they were up fourteen to zero. But quickly after that, they had a muff punt. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones had a little bit of trouble getting back on top of the ball. It bounced off um, another player, St. Juiced, um, off of his leg. They couldn't get it, um, and then Cincinnati capitalized, ended up scoring a touchdown after that. It was seven to uh, fourteen at the time. 
Michigan got one field goal before halftime, and then after halftime is when the stadium started to get absolutely antsy and things started to get really uncomfortable for the home team. Um, they had or uh, Cincinnati put together quite the drive to start off the second half right out of the gate. They went all the way down the field, marched over 80 yards to score a touchdown at Michigan. It was only 17-14 to 14 at that point, so with all the pick six, Michigan's losing the game if, at that point um, if they don't have that defensive touchdown. Um, they ended up being able to finally pull away. Uh, Wilton Spate found Grant Perry for a touchdown over the middle, and then they ended up having LaVert Hill get an interception and return for a touchdown to end the game. Um, time possession was about even in this one. Michigan still did have over 200 more yards in Cincinnati, but it was split pretty even for most of the game. The score really isn't indicative of how it was played out. Uh, what would you guys think? I'll start with Dylan. I know we talked about this a little bit last week is – can you can Michigan rely on Wilton Spate as like their go-to guy? And I think that he he kind of took a step back in this game. Uh, the offense was struggling, you know, mightily. I I think they struggled a lot more than we predicted against Cincinnati. We you know we kind of predicted them to just you know kind of blow them out and not really have any struggles on offense or defense. Their defense, you know, their defense played played well, but they were struggling, you know, to get the run game going. You know, it seemed like every time they could get the run game going, then Harbaugh would just quit on it. Um, it was just kind of a shaky offensive performance. I think, you know, their, their defense is always going to be there, but I, I don't really know what to think about uh, Spade after this one. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, it's definitely a funky quarterback situation with Spade. I mean, you look at his numbers, 17 for 29, 221 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, like that's, that's not, like, awful, awful, right. but... I mean, I, I was there at the game. I was out on the field, and that, and you know, his performance on the field really doesn't reflect what his stat line says. I mean, he really struggled. Fumbled two handoffs, lost one of them. You know, he was just Aaron throw up to Aaron throw, especially in the middle of the game. It was just really rough for him. I guess one guy that really stood out was Ty Isaac. Now back to back 100 yard rushing games. He had 20 carries for 133 yards. Had that 54 yard run in the fourth quarter to mm-hmm. set up a field goal uh, by Quinn Nordeen, but. I mean, he's also one of those guys where, honestly, he was a five-star running back coming out of high school, and he kind of got lost in the mix there at, at USC, and he's got a physical running style, big playability, starting to shine a little bit, so it's really nice to see him come out. So I guess in the first two games of the season for Michigan, that's kind of the bright spot there, I think, for the team, along with the defense. Tyree Cannell did really well, nine tackles, one sack, and an interception return for a touchdown. He was pretty much a, a key part of why the Cincinnati quarterback um, Hayden Moore struggled, but... I mean, yeah, Ty Isaac and then the defense. I mean, that's pretty much been it for Michigan. The offense is, has just really struggled. You mentioned uh, Andy Punt returns with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He struggled there. Uh, apparently he's going to be getting another chance back there in their upcoming game against Air Force, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, it's just been an interesting season for Michigan so far. A lot of hype um, about the offense, and really we haven't seen it much yet. Yeah, and, and going back to special teams, you're 100% right. They, they definitely have been struggling there. And I think that's something that a lot of Michigan fans took for granted. Um, back when Jabril Peppers was there because any time that a ball bounced on the ground like that, like they had multiple times during that game, you'd wave his hands, tell people to get away from the ball. He was more of a captain basically out there in the field. Don Peoples-Jones is young. He's trying to make big plays, and he didn't necessarily make the big plays. He made mistakes. So that's something he needs to get corrected. Obviously, at Grant Perry in the second half, but like you said, he is going to get the second chance this week from what we're seeing. Um, and then offensively, yeah, Wilton Spate, uh, Dylan, like you alluded to, he's he's having trouble. And People do got a question at this point. If you want to see Brandon Peters get some action in the game, mm-hmm. maybe get the chance to be able to play against a team like Air Force. Now that depends if Michigan can build a big enough lead against Air Force because Wilton Spate's still going to be the starter. Um, I just read something today on how the players are kind of fed up with all the talk about Spade. They're still behind him 100%, like believing him to be their quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. I still believe that Wilton Spate is overall the best quarterback right now on this team. I think that Brandon Peters might be in the future, but right now it's got to be Wilton Spate. 
because um, obviously John O'Corn isn't showing us anything to really lead us <laughs> to believe that he's going to be that good coming up in the future. Yeah, don't even get Andy started on old John O'Corn. <laughs> <laughs> he's made too many mistakes for me to want to give him a second chance. But And also you, you mentioning Ty Isaac, that's been unbelievable this year. And Chris Evans is kind of getting shown up by him. And, that, and that's something that surprises me because – Coming into the season, um, on some of my other podcasts I did throughout the summer, I was projecting Chris Evans to be one of those guys that could have one of those 1,000-yard rushing seasons and be that running back for Michigan that maybe, you know, for the first time since, like, Mike Hart has been really that good back there. He hasn't been that way so far. He looks like he's kind of um, hesitating to run through open holes and not really making the cuts at the right time. Um, and Isaac's been taking advantage of it. Even if it is an outside run, he's been able to make big plays for the offense when they fall behind. So And, and they did total 193 yards on the ground in that game. And that was a big part of it. It's a big part of the reason that Michigan had over 30 minutes of possession time, which it was split about even with Cincinnati, but still. Um, Hayden Moore did make some good plays. That's why Canelo mentioning him. He had a great game. Um, I saw that a Penn State safety somehow, <clears throat> excuse me, Penn State safety somehow got um, a player of the week over him in the in the, in the Big Ten and, and some rating, and I'm just wondering how, because uh, Canelo played a great game, and really the Michigan secondary so far, for as many question marks as I had coming in the season, has looked great. So... Can't complain there, but he uh, he did make Hayden Moore struggle at points because Hayden Moore had some great plays in the ground. Obviously, on that drive right at halftime that got him back in the game, he had the big run on the sideline that set him up for the touchdown. So they actually had trouble shutting him down, but the secondary was able to get in his head enough to be able to do it. Um, what do you guys see coming up this next week against Air Force? Obviously, they're that three-headed monster in the backfield of Air Force. They run all those different schemes on offense. Most of it is in the ground, not a lot through the air. If it is through the air, it's pretty short passes. Um, what do you guys think? I'll start with Evan. It's definitely a different uh, type of opponent than Michigan's used to, so that's going to be something to watch. But honestly, I think Don Brown's ready. Um, I think his defense is ready. I don't think that that game is going to be too much of an issue for Michigan, but I don't really want to speak too soon because, I mean, last week I was raving about how much they'd uh, crushed Cincinnati and it didn't really turn out that way. It was a much closer game than than I ever would have thought. But it'll be nice to see Donovan Peoples-Jones back there getting chances to return punts again. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how they work with him over the week to try to get him just to, to calm down a little bit because I really yeah. like what you said about Peppers. He was a leader out there, and Peoples-Jones coming in, I mean, I, I just kind of imagine myself trying to be back there. I mean, like I was saying like <laughs> so I was saying in the last so podcast, yeah. like I was saying on the last podcast, I didn't even know where to go for my first classes like when I, when I showed up here. I mean, I think about this guy getting onto, you know, this field, this stage, the big stage. Like, I, it, I could just imagine how difficult that's got to be. So, I mean, as, once the nerves calm down and all that kind of stuff, I think he's going to have it under control. But Air Force 1-0, they won 62 to nothing over VMI, the cadets. <laughs> Whoever um, that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> if no anybody knows. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give us a call. The cadets. I, don't, I, I don't know. But a 62 <laughs> nothing win. So, I mean, I don't really know how much that means, but I guess we'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, their offense can score points. Yeah, That's something offense you can score. Say. They've yeah. done that in the past. When Michigan's played them, their offense has had some success against mm-hmm. them. Yeah. But, um, no, I think the defense of Michigan is going to be able to shut them down. Um, if I had to make a prediction for this game, I'd say Michigan 45, Air Force 10. It's, okay. It's, yeah. it's still a good prediction. Yeah. Um, I would think kind of the same way you were going off, Andy. Uh, they do run a different bunch of different kind of schemes, and, you know, like you, you described it as a three-headed monster back there, but I don't think they're going to be really going to be able to do much against this Michigan defense. Like you were saying earlier, Ty Isaac and that defense has really been the strong suit of Michigan so far in the first two games. And, you know, I think it's going to be slow at the start, uh, kind of like the Cincinnati game, but Michigan will end up pulling through at the end. Uh, you know, I see him winning by at least, you know, three touchdowns at least. I mean, 
I think they can handle them. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, Michigan moves so fast side to side, like, with, with the way that they're – this defense this year with yeah. Devin Bush and people like that. Uh, Cle- or Hudson was playing very good last week as well. Um, Michigan can move sideline to sideline quick. So I don't think they're going to have too much of a problem with it because that's the, the way the Air Force will go a lot. They'll run a lot of those pitches and try to get it to the outside. I think Michigan will be able to stop that and mm-hmm. uh, string it out enough to be able to make those plays. Um, I the the problem with me seeing this being such a blowout is is I don't know if I can trust Michigan's offense to get enough points right now to be able to make it a blowout and mm-hmm. and, that, and that's where I think that this will be a closer game than maybe some people think I think Michigan wins this game around like thirty eight to seventeen I think that the offense kind of pulls away a little bit more in the second half but I think they're going to struggle again out the gate because right now I think Wilton Spates had a loss for confidence and until he can get that back fully I think Michigan's going to struggle there um, I I don't I mean obviously they didn't allow any points to the cadets but I, I don't know how <laughs> hey. Air Force is going to be able to manage against. Um, Michigan's uh, offense, like their defense, anyways. So we'll see what they're able to do. Um, but for now, I'm projecting 38 to 17 this weekend. Michigan should definitely be moving on to three and zero. They're up to number seven now in the AP poll. So we're even closer and closer from that college football playoff poll comes out to be around that number four spot. They can keep themselves undefeated until they go to play Penn State. That's going to be a big one. So, um, but they also have to play Michigan State in there as well, and that's what we'll move into next. Michigan State surprised all of us. Um, I think yeah. we thought. After how Western Michigan played against USC, they played a great performance on the road in the Rose Bowl. It's never easy to do. Um, their offense couldn't find anything against Michigan State's defense. And, and maybe Michigan State's a little bit better than some of us thought coming into the season. Not to say that you know Western Michigan's some opponent's going to blow you away. But they're still a good opponent. It's a quality opponent. I said that I'd be impressed if they got the win and Michigan State did get the win. So credits do where credits do. Um, they had 457 yards total on offense. They were able to move the ball. Um, for that whole game, and they the way that they ran the ball, that's that's where Michigan State's made their money in the past, and they 296 yards on the ground, that that's impressive regardless. Mm-hmm. So they were they were able to win the game 28 to 14. Um, overall, what do you guys think of this performance so far, Dylan? I'll start through this time. Yeah, uh, Darius Phillips is a guy to you know keep watching for the rest of the season because mm-hmm. he scored all but the PATs for Western. <laughs> I think it was true. like a 99 yard <laughs> you know uh, reception or er, kick return, and then. Yeah, it was just it was crazy. Um, he he was really like their whole team, you know, against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan State, like you said, they ran the ball well, which they do, which they you know that gives them success in the past. LJ Scott had a much better game this week compared to the first week. I think you know you saw saw some saw what you would expect out of him. I think he had you know one receiving touchdown and. Um, you know, they were moving the ball pretty well. Lewerke was a little bit better, uh, a little more stable back there. I think he's only going to get better with more experience. But I'm still not really sold on, you know, him being the guy that they need, you know, to take them real far this season. I could see them, you know, if Lewerke keeps improving, improving at a steady rate, I can see them getting you know, up there, maybe, you know, six and six type. I mean, I don't really know with this team. It's kind of up and down each week, like last week, you know. Um, we said that Western was going to beat them mm-hmm. because Western went so deep with USC, but, and now Western, you know, it wasn't, it was kind of an ugly game for Michigan State, but they got it done, you know, so. Exactly. They yeah, they're kind win. of an up there team right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I get, I get what you're saying. I, I like that because. You know, it really could go one or two ways mm-hmm. almost every game that they play. You don't really yeah. know what Michigan State team is coming out because of last season. I mean, mm-hmm. if there was the same consistency that they had for the past, I don't know, five years, um, prior to last year at least, I mean, you kind of have more of a feel of how they're going to come out and play. The same way, you know, for Michigan, we got, you know, we know how Michigan's played the last two, three years. We know what they're capable of, so we know what they're going to bring out. But Michigan State, it's kind of up in the air. I really think if this team's going to get something done this year and actually, you know, make something special happen, 
the running backs going to have to carry the teams. The team. I I don't know about Lewerke yet. Um, you know, I do think he is improving. I think he's improving on the ground. But I mean, if if anything's going to win it, it's going to be the run game. One thing that's also been really interesting is the defense. So there are 24 points allowed this season. Only three have been uh, given up by the defense. Mm-hmm. So that, that's pretty impressive. Um, um, I think I think the front seven's been creating a ton of pressure. Secondary, they've had interceptions in both games. This is an interesting Michigan State team, and it's going to be fun to watch them uh, the rest of the season. For, for sure, and I and I think you know, I, Lewerke, he has things to work on. Thirteen to twenty-one. That I mean, that's a very mediocre number to me. But once again, the thing that I look at when I look at Michigan State stat sheet, they had two more turnovers again this game. I know two doesn't sound like a crazy amount, but that's something that they got to get away from if they want to win the Big Ten. They're not going to be able to win if they keep turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Fumble loss, and Lewerke threw another interception. Those are the kind of things that will kill them in games that aren't against, you know, Mac opponents or, well, Mac opponents, that's what they played so far. Not to say that Western's a lower one, obviously, for what they mm-hmm. did last year, but they are 0-2 right now. So they haven't been shocking the world this year, so it's a little bit different. Um, but coming up, they have Notre Dame, obviously, after this bye week. I know Notre Dame lost in a tough one to Georgia on uh, Saturday night, which I, I don't really think was as much Notre Dame's players' problem as it was their coach. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a big game. It's in East Lansing again. That's where Michigan State, to me, can prove themselves and get back on the map and be that team um, that maybe people in that are their fans predicted that no one else was really predicting. Maybe they're a better team than um, what mm-hmm. they what they were intended to be this season. And then they have Iowa and Michigan. So the next three games really aren't easy. It's going to be a test for them, and, and they got to keep uh, going on the, off the back of their running backs. Um, obviously, Langford, he had, another, he had a touchdown in that game. He's the guy that in the backfield is going to make a difference for them and be able to get them wins. Um, so, so far, what, what do you guys think about the upcoming schedule? Yeah, what do, what do think, you think Michigan State can do to get these wins and maybe be different from this game against Western, turn it into something positive in the yeah, upcoming weeks? Yeah, after this bye week, the Notre Dame game is really like a make-or-break game for them this season because they do have you know a big stretch of tough games. After that, like you said, Iowa, Michigan, even Minnesota, they might struggle with. So this, I think they you know got to go in there and they got to take care of business against Notre Dame at home. They got to get the win, so they're kind of riding high going in against Iowa and Michigan to even have a chance. Really, I think um, you know they have to get the win just to help their confidence because if they start, um, you know, if they lose a game against Notre Dame, you know that might affect them in future games against Iowa, Michigan, you know, and then you know you 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 start to lose you know three four in a row. <laughs> <There goes laughs> that, your that's confidence. really yeah. There goes your confidence <laughs> and there goes the performance. So I think uh, the Notre Dame game is definitely going to be a huge one for them. Yeah, that's going to be a big game because, I mean, you mentioned last year. I mean, you think about going back to last year, and this Michigan State team, they just started losing and losing and losing and losing. And then, mm-hmm. and then they were starting to lose to teams that, that they probably should have beaten. I mean, even though they did struggle a lot last year, there were some teams that they lost to that they probably should have won, uh, even in the Big Ten, some of the lower opponents I, I think they, they should have beat. But, I mean, yeah, this, this game against Notre Dame is going to be really big. Uh, Notre Dame got a decent quarterback in Brandon Wimbush. He... Uh, Went 36 for 39 last game, 395 yards, two touchdowns. Don't give us that line. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. That's just pretty darn good. So, I mean, yeah, there's guys all across the board that um, they're going to have to deal with. So I think, yeah, it's a pretty big game. For, for sure, and I, and I think one thing that does need to be talked about more, too, with Michigan State is definitely their defense because they've been playing good. And, you know, whether USC's defense is all that great or not because they aren't, um, last week, or Western, I guess, against them in week one, was able to move the ball, put up 31 points. They only got 11 first downs in this game against Michigan State, and they, on third down, were 1 of 15. So that's, I mean, that's yeah. something that impressed me right <laughs> at the gate. Passing yards overall, obviously it's a freshman quarterback um, for Western Michigan. Uh, I believe he's from Grand Rapids Christian. Can't think of his name right now. 
Um, but he he only threw for 79 yards against them last week, which, I mean, that that speaks volumes to that mm-hmm. secondary and what they're able to do. Um, they also got an interception in there as well. So if their offense can't put it all together, and that, that's what's so focused on right now with Michigan State, is if their offense can do enough to be able to get enough points to win them games, really their defense right now has been the difference, I think, for these first two games. They've been able to hang in there when Michigan State is struggling to start the game. Um, obviously, they did have a couple touchdowns in the first half, but it was still only a 14 nothing lead. You're not really feeling that good about yourself then. The defense made enough plays to be able to keep them in this game and be able to give that offense a little bit of a boost and uh, extra insurance to know that they were going to be able to pull this game out. Um, so, yeah, coming forward from Michigan State, that game against Notre Dame is going to be huge. Do I think that Michigan State gets the win? Um, ah, it's going to be a toss-up to me. I, I think Notre Dame does pull that game out. I know I keep picking against the Spartans here, but it's not <laughs> like I'm necessarily very fond of Notre Dame as well. But I, I think that Notre Dame has a better quarterback, better complete team. Um, they they got to fix some of their coaching stuff there. I don't, I don't think, personally, Notre Dame is going to be back until they maybe get rid of Brian Kelly because he looks like he's been falling off his horse these past couple of years. But um, I think Notre Dame gets the win in East Lansing. What do you guys think? Yeah, I got, uh, I got Michigan State 17, Notre Dame 14 in this one. Okay. Yeah. So you're picking state. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I think that Notre Dame might be too much for that defense. I think their defense might struggle against Notre Dame. You know, they're one of those. You know, they're a bigger opponent compared to what they played. Uh, you know, last weekend against uh, WMU. So we'll see what happens. But I'm definitely gonna take. Uh, Notre Dame over, okay. over State this okay. week. Hey, you know what? You know what? Michigan State, they made me look foolish last week, so hey, I'm just going to throw the cards foolish? out. I'm throwing the cards out on this one. Yeah. Hey, really, I don't know what you know about either one of these teams coming in this game. I know that I, all I can say is that Notre Dame played close to a good team in Georgia. Not a bad team, a good team in Georgia. They're ranked up near the top 10 now, so mm-hmm. I, I think Notre Dame proved that to me. Michigan State has proved to me that they can beat anybody that's better than a MAC team so far, so I, I got Notre Dame winning this game. I think they're going to win it by about 10, 24-14. Um, so moving on from that, we're going to go pro now. We'll talk about the Lions and Cardinals. And wow, were we wrong. Um, we, had, <laughs> we all picked against them, and we were absolutely uh, down on them. Didn't think that the Lions were going to be able to get the job done. This is the kind of game you might think that they would mess up. And the way that the game started, you would have thought so. Um, obviously, uh, the Lions got the interception to start the game. Things were looking positive, and then it was your typical Detroit Lion, like, let down, bring mm-hmm. the ultimate negativity into your life. When they when Stafford threw the interception, the guy that we just paid a lot of money for, um, for a return for a touchdown, and then they couldn't get anything going. They had to try to punt out of the end zone, and then the whole fumble with the punt and, you know, barely being able to get it out there. It all looked like it was coming down, but then the game settled down. Carson Palmer um, looks like he needs to retire based off the way that he played in that <laughs> oh, game. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> um, unless, he, unless he fixes a lot of things quick, he didn't look good. Uh, the Lions absolutely shut down David Johnson. They didn't let him do much during that game, and, well, eventually they dislocated his wrist, so yeah. he's not coming back for the rest of the season. Good night um, to my fantasy team. Nevertheless, they, they handled him pretty well. Arizona did gain 309 yards on offense, but they made too many mistakes and turned the ball over too much to be able to get the win. Eventually, Kenny Galladay, I think, surprised a lot of us the couple of touchdowns that he had, the diving one at the end of the game to basically secure Mm it. Um, Obviously, the second pick six did actually secure it. But nevertheless, the Lions look good. Um, I I can't really say much bad about them after a game like this. They put up 35 points on a pretty darn good defense um, in the Arizona Cardinals. They have a great secondary. Stafford was still able to find his way after that first interception, bounced back, showed a lot to me there. Um, What can you guys say about their, their performance this week? I'll start with Evan. Yeah, at least Stafford's worth the money we paid him. I mean, <laughs> that that that's a good thing we kind of started to figure out. I mean, we'll see if it does, you know, end up rolling on to the into the rest of the season. But I mean, eight fourth quarter comebacks last season. He's one for one this season. It's a pretty darn good start. 
Um, that's the way you want to start the season off. But, yeah, I think the defense was just solid. I mean, they had three interceptions. Jared Davis, the rookie, was awesome uh, was. in that game. Nine tackles. He led the team. Also had a fumble recovery. So, I mean, he's done really well in replacing DeAndre Levy. So, you know, going forward, if he can keep it up, uh, you know, I'm pretty impressed with this defense. I, I like mm-hmm. this team. Yeah, I was really glad when they decided to choose him. I don't know if you guys followed last I season, but I, I you know, I was, I was you were, hyped. You're hyping that pick. I, I remember. Like, I wanted Jared Davis. He said that he wanted that uh, pick in the draft. Yeah, they got him and he played great. Yesterday. Yeah, he did. He really did have a good game. It was nine tackles, I think it was, and um, Kenny Galladay though, like, <laughs> like what let's a be game. honest, matching yeah. baby, yeah. matching baby. All right, <laughs> like. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. We're we're excited to see him, but man, did we expect this? Like no, not two at touchdowns all. and wow, that that was an incredible diving catch. I I was going nuts. We I was actually up here in the office working, and it was me and Evan who actually used to be on unsportsmanlike conduct, just mm-hmm. sitting next to the TV and watching. And both of us, you know, like jumped up and we we're like, <laughs> oh my out. god, like <laughs> he did not just do that. But it was a it was a pretty good performance. I I, de- I didn't even you know we all said that they weren't even going to win, so definitely proud of, proud of the Lions and Stafford had four touchdowns. And it was kind of a letdown, but I mean. I more or less expected Arizona to be the team that would be the team coming back and winning this game, and I, I feel like a fool for doing it because Stafford's yeah. shown time and time again that he's is able to do that as a quarterback and come back and win games. Now, given it's against lesser opponents most of the time, and obviously Arizona was a team that I thought might be able to have a comeback season. I thought they had enough coming back on offense, and they maybe would have it figured out this year with all the talent they had. They don't. They still look like the team they looked like last mm-hmm. year that has a pretty good defense, but they're on the field too much to be able to actually win games. They end up giving up a lot of points. Yeah, and this uh, this game said a lot about the Cardinals, actually, too. Like, we were kind of expecting them to maybe be like a dark horse team, like we were talking last week. And, mm-hmm. man, with the way Carson Palmer is looking right now and the fact that their all-star running back is, you know, out for out. pretty much the whole season, I yeah, guess we, yeah, I mean, we can say that. that. Uh, He's on the yeah, like, <laughs> they're really they're really struggling right now. I don't, I don't see... The Cardinals doing too well this season anymore. You know we kind of expected them to be all right, but we'll see about that. No, for sure. And 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 once again, you know the Lions didn't wow us with rushing. They only got 82 yards. That's mm-hmm. still a disappointment to me. Um, it was off the air. It's like the Lions don't even try to use a running back. Amir Abdullah, all these people raving about him in the off season, still hasn't <laughs> done much since he's yeah. been there. And I still need to see a lot more before I'll ever believe in him. But, I, I mean, seriously, you, you, if you just look at it, you can look at all the stats in the sheet and the one that just the four turnovers for Arizona and the one for the Lions. They protected the ball better. Obviously, the the start of the game they didn't, and right after that, they were fine the rest of the game. Four turnovers for Arizona. Not going to win many games if you turn it over four times. So Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb uh, real quick. You guys can be all over me for it if you want, but I'm going to go out on a limb, like really far out on a limb. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Right now. All right, so Kenny Galladay. All right, 6'4", 213. All right, he's got good size. And you got really good speed. Yeah. Now, does that remind you of like a receiver the Lions had like, a few oh, years Jesus. ago? I mean, no, no, I'm not talking. I'm, I'm just talking about the performance, Bold. the late okay. game performance. I mean, do you see it a little bit? Or hundred percent, you see oh, it, yeah. don't you? Hundred yeah. percent. And Calvin Johnson exactly. was. I mean, he was a he was obviously a high draft pick coming out, but he still played for Georgia Tech, and you were kind of like, man, I, exactly. I don't know, Lions. Yeah. Like, what do you? What do you? I yeah, mean, like, Georgia did, Tech. Like, did you guys really get the right pick here? Like, like I know he's big, but it's like that. I see what and, you're saying. And, you know, yeah. he was their he was their red zone guy. He was their end zone guy. I mean, he was their guy all around. But, I mean, in the end, they, they threw it up to him in the mm-hmm. in the end zone. So, I'm yeah, not going like, out on a limb. I was going to – I just didn't <laughs> know how you guys would respond to that one. I mean, we could be talking about, you know, since he came from the MAC, we could be talking about the guy that came from this school that's also very good as well. Yes, so, sir. you know, hey. Antonio Brown, maybe you can make compare. I mean, they see not hey, the same hey, size. Kenny, but, Gall- Kenny Galladay is better than Antonio Brown. 
I don't, care. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to say that ever because I think Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the game right nah, now. And Julio. that's not even Central Michigan bias. He's just that good. But, okay, no, Galladay, okay. I definitely can see what you're saying. He yeah, has, he has yeah. comparisons, man. Uh, he, he's a big red zone threat for them, and he's got a big future ahead of him if he keeps this up. I'll it's huge what. because the last week I talked about they lost a guy like Bolden, and now you get him coming out and playing like this in week one. He's got a great attitude, you know, and that's something that I've always had a problem with Golden yeah. Tate. Even though Golden Tate has played well, he does have those points where he starts getting whiny and he doesn't want to make plays. He just kind of sits down. It doesn't seem like he wants to do anything. Yeah. Galladay's effort the whole game seemed great. He seems like a guy that wants to get out there and play for this team and wants to make this mm-hmm. franchise win, which is <laughs> getting very yeah, hard to do. I think, yeah. been awesome I think he's in a really good situation there, too, because Golden Tate, he, you know, he didn't score any touchdowns, but he had a over, over 100 yards. Of, he had a good game. You know, over 100 yards receiving, and he's a guy that's not going to – he's going to bring along Galladay and then Marvin Jones Jr., of course, too. He's going to – He's going to help them kind of learn. Both of those guys, you know, they've been in the league. They've they've done their time. You know, I I really think Galladay and Tate will do some big things this year. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, those two connect. You know, I really think Galladay is just in, in, the, in the best position he can be in with the Lions right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a team where, you know, they're stacked with wide receivers or, you know, you, you got a quarterback that, that's not – going to be willing to throw to him or, or want him on the field. I mean, he, he's in a franchise where, I mean, yeah, they struggled in the past. That's a, a good spot for a young rookie receiver to be in. I mean, it gives him a chance to grow and and to kind of, you know, move up the chain a little bit. And, I mean, who knows, by the end of the season, I mean, he could be creeping up there for, for the number two spot if, he, if mm-hmm. he really does perform, maybe even the number one spot. Who knows? This guy, I mean, honestly, this guy's the limit for him. Mm, for sure. Matching, yeah. baby. <laughs> exactly. I can't argue with him. He's out there to play. He's out there to play. Yeah. Um. So next week, it's a very intriguing matchup to me, at least. They're taking the Giants on Monday Night Football. That's a primetime game. The Giants did not look good in, in their last primetime game here on Sunday Night Football against Dallas. They got beat 19-3. The offense couldn't do much without OBJ in the game. Um. And this really looked flat. Brandon Marshall's guy expected to kind of take over and be good because he's been really good in the past, been that star receiver for Chicago. He didn't even make a catch. So um, that that ended up hurting him a little bit. But what do you guys think coming into this week? Are the Lions going to be able to take care of this? Or I think a lot of it depends on uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, he's day-to-day right now with the ankle injury. But, you know, this offense, I mean, they, they, they struggled against mm-hmm. the Cowboys. And it was blatantly obvious that they struggled. I think this offense is, is really just collapsing as a whole. Um, I really do, do believe that this week against the Lions is, is really going to be one that almost makes or breaks their season. I think if they can go in and if they can, uh, you know, beat this Lions team at home on Monday night, it's prime time, you know, if they can make that happen— I mean, yeah, you got some life going in playing the Eagles and then the Buccaneers and, and you know, kind of just try to keep on rolling. But, I mean, to drop two straight would be rough. Um, I, I think a lot of it, though, does come down uh, to, to Odell. And this is the kind of game that really can change your momentum um, coming mm-hmm. into a season like overall. So, Dylan, what do you think? Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you guys. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to play a huge role in this game, whether he comes back and he, you know, blows it up and has a great game. Uh, then, you know, I might see... Lions defense struggle, but if he stays out, I think they'd get lucky, and you know, I I'd be able to see Lions you know, like taking care of them pretty easily if uh, you know Odell doesn't come back and totally turn them around. But um, in that New York Cowboys game, like it just seemed like New York could not do anything. I mean, I've never really been Try. been yeah, but I've never really been like a huge fan of Eli Manning, but uh, Elena actually she watched the game and tell us a little bit about you know, why the Giants were struggling. And, you know, I know it had to do with Cowboys' defense, but what did you see from, you know, the Giants in that game? 
You watch the Lions game. <laughs> no, okay, so I'm confused. <laughs> okay. So next week, next week, what can what can we expect from the Lions? You know, the, their defense, their defense did really well. You know, what can we expect in this game? Honestly, I think that Stafford's going to come out again. Uh, I was really irritated with him. Obviously, the first. <laughs> First part of the game, it's hard not but, to be. yeah, <laughs> but then he really impressed me. Honestly, I think he's gonna carry it throughout the season, uh, the steady play, and expecting th- him to him to have a big game. Yeah, I expect him to have a huge game. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. He's and, a leader. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I could see that coming into the next week. He he played great. I don't think there's any reason that he wouldn't play great. Now, he has struggled on the road in the past. That's one thing that does kind of make me uh, nervous about a game like this because it's like. This is one of those times, like, and I'm and I'm telling you, over the past few years, I've had plenty of these times where I start to really think that the Lions are going to be able to just, you know, take the cake and start to win these games. You start to really <laughs> believe in it. You start to drink that blue Kool-Aid, the Honolulu yep. Blue, mm-hmm. and Honolulu. then it just doesn't happen. They, they go out on the road and they lose to a team that's better than them. Um, the Giants, I like I said, I was shocked because even without OBJ, I still thought the attack of Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard, I thought they'd be able to get the job done, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I thought they would as well. And we were talking about Odell and, you know, coming in and how much of a difference he really makes. You know, one player really doesn't make that much of a difference, um, I believe, in a lot of sports. But as a wide receiver in football, if you're as good as Odell Beckham Jr. is, you really do make that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. I think you open up the run game. You know, you're going to be double teamed, so it opens up opportunities for other receivers. You know, you got Eli Manning throwing to his favorite receiver, which obviously gives Manning more confidence. So, confidence. so you know, yeah, a lot of times people say, you know, yeah, one guy doesn't make the difference. One guy doesn't make the difference, but uh, I'm here to say Odell does. Yeah, 100. Yeah. You're you're not wrong there at all, and I and he does. I mean, the thing is that the Giants' defense wasn't necessarily bad. They held the, I mean, pretty much held them in check. The Cowboys being them, um, for the most part. I mean, mm-hmm. only 19 points. It's just they, you know, they couldn't do anything on offense or manufacture any points yeah. themselves. So it allowed Dallas to be able to have enough uh, time to be able to score. But next week, just give me a prediction, guys. What do you think is going to happen? Score and why? All right, I got Lions taking this game against the Giants. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit closer because it is in New York, but I'm going to say uh, 30-26 Lions. All right. I like it. High scoring. And yeah. I can see that. I, no, I, I do think it's going to be kind of a high scoring game. I don't think that Eli is going to you know, let that happen again, especially if Odell's back, then they'll be able to put up some points. Elena? I'm going to go 35-26 the Lions. Lions. Okay. I believe in Stafford. I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's getting that much money. He He's got the contract now, so who knows? Different player. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and then as for me, I think this uh, this Lions defense is, is pretty darn good. Uh, my head tells me to go with more of a higher scoring game, but I'm going to follow my heart. Detroit Lions defense, you know, 21-10 Lions. I like it. I like it. Hopefully we don't get get uh, proved wrong once again. Because I'm not drinking the, the I'm not drinking the Kool Aid, boys. I'm not going with it. I'm no. picking them to lose again, and I might look like an idiot for it, but I could look like a genius next week as well. I think that the Lions <laughs> are going to lose this game by about four points. I think it's going to be twenty-one seventeen. I've seen too many times they struggle on the road in the past, and until Stafford can prove to me that he can win these kind of big games prime time on the road, I can't really believe in it. I've I've done it too many times in the past. I'm not going to go down that road yeah. again. So I think the Lions keep it close. They tend to be able to do that even when they do play on the road, but. Teams that have had winning records have been in the playoffs in the past. They've really struggled against. I got them losing by four in this one. So other than that, um, we were going to pick really quick, and I guess we can just do this quickly, um, a pick of a surprise game or team of the week. And, and I guess I'll start out this time. Um, mine was Ohio State versus Oklahoma, which, I, I mean, I think we're going to allude to more later in this show. 
I was shocked. Um, I did not expect Oklahoma to just come in and then that second half and just do what they did to Ohio State. Ohio State seemed like a good team, and, and they were able to score that touchdown, you know, early in the early in the second half, and kind of seemed like it was going to go back over them, favor feet off the crowd like they usually do, because that's what Ohio State's done in the past under Urban Meyer in these home games that they've had late at night. They've been able to win these kind of games. Instead, Baker Mayfield truly showed who he is as a quarterback. Um, he was able to just turn things around, put it in his favor, um, had an absolutely outstanding game. Obviously, what he did at the end of the game was uh, pretty questionable with the whole putting the the flag yeah. in the middle of the field. No, he, was nice. he was pumped. I mean, <laughs> hey, if you went out there and beat a team like that in Ohio State and did that, you would be absolutely excited too. So I don't blame the guy for being that way. They were impressive. Their defense shut down JT Barrett for the rest of the game. Couldn't really find anything to do. Their uh, running back, I believe Dobbins, he, he wasn't able to do much either. So, you know, credit to, credit to Oklahoma. They surprised me. I, honestly, I picked against them, and they got the win. So that's my surprise. You guys? Yeah, and then as for me, I'm not going to go with a game. I'm not going to go with a team. I'm going to go with a player. Okay. And I'm staying right here in Mount Pleasant, Shane Morris. Oh, wow. He had a heck of a game, 28 for 37, 467 yards through the air, five touchdowns, no interceptions, eight carries for 32 yards. I mean, those are video game numbers right there. It literally is. I mean, you watch him go up against Rhode Island, and, I mean, they almost lost that one in triple OT. And then he rolls in against Kansas. And just absolutely lights it up. So, three um, I mean, If you want to talk about a big surprise, that's pretty much my big surprise. Uh, yeah. Sugar Shane Morris. That's that's really as big as you can get here. I yeah, mean, we right? didn't really expect much of a lot of that Rhode Island game. But uh, my biggest surprise this weekend was the Vikings. Actually, Sam Bradford was he he was absolutely like I didn't I didn't even think I was watching Sam Bradford when, no, when he was I. throwing the ball. I mean, he has like the highest quarterback. Uh, ranking in the NFL for last week by far. And it was really like the whole team, you know, really came together. Stephon Diggs, he went off. I did not really expect that. Delvin Cook stole the show from Adrian Peterson when Adrian Peterson was coming back, you know, to play Minnesota, which that, that you know, took me by surprise too. I didn't really see that coming. Um, it was it was crazy. Bradford was locked in, and every lineman on that team it was not on that team last year. So it was unbelievable that they were, you know, able to come together and let Bradford have such a big game, and it was really just dominance from them. I, I think, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried about them now. You know, like down the road for the Lions, uh, <laughs> they're they're a lot better than I thought they would be. Um, they might even be able to win, beat the Steelers. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Steelers next weekend. So. It should be an interesting team to watch this this year. They have a freaky defense, so I agree one hundred percent. If if Sam Bradford can somehow, I mean, granted they're playing the Saints, that's one of the worst defenses in yeah. you know the the league. So I, I but either way, the guy had a great performance. It was impressive. Both quarterback performances right there that were surprising to both you guys. Mm-hmm. I agree with both of them. Shane Morris, obviously, that was a huge surprise as well. He's gonna have a tough time now with the injuries that are happening in the wide receiving core here at Central Michigan. Obviously, uh, losing Willis for a few weeks, and it looks like Childress as well. So. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Is out with an ACL, and <laughs> it's, it's Willis is out yeah, with a broken hurt. hand. It's you it's know, gonna, Conklin's still done. It's oh. it's gonna be tough. I mean, they got Chapman, but a lot of young guys are gonna have to step up, and that's not what you thought was gonna have to happen this season. You thought yeah. Shane Morris was gonna be the guy that would have to step in and play, but the Central Michigan team's been a roller coaster already, and it's only week two, so mm-hmm. we'll get back to that. Um, we'll wrap <laughs> up the podcast now with our stud and dud of the week. I will start with Evan. What is your stud? I got Lamar Jackson uh, this week. Uh, I think he's on his way to another Heisman. He had uh, he went 25 for 39 through the air, 393 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, 19 carries, 132 yards, and three touchdowns. So, I mean, really, 
maybe only the better quarterback uh, performance than Shane Morris uh, this week. <laughs> Give us a Lamar. But, but, but yeah, no, no, no. He, he, he had a heck of a game. Um, and like I said, I, I think he might be honest with another Heisman. Uh, we'll see how the season plays out. Obviously, injuries, you never know what can happen. But uh, this guy looks real solid right now. And Elena, do you have a stud? Uh, my stud is Baker Mayfield because he showed everyone who was boss. Um, it's really hard to go into Ohio State and do what he did. Uh, he's always on his toes, ready for the next play, and he just made it his own. He did. He turned the tide 100% in that game. I mean, going 27-35 to 35 and throwing for three touchdowns, no picks, 386 yards. That's great performance either yeah, way. Yeah, let, let's talk about what he did after the game, too. Now, that was that yeah, was, that that was just, really just nice a play. statement. Win. You could feel it. He wanted that win after what happened to them last year against when Ohio State came and beat them in their house. Yeah. Huge game. Absolutely a stud performance last week. Yeah. Dylan? For for my stud, it was Kareem Hunt, Maxson. <sighs> Maxion once again all day. Um, he he got the cover of Sports Illustrated actually today That's for insane. his performance. Three touchdowns. He had 140 yards rushing. You know he's catching a lot of passes. Uh, he was a third round pick out of Toledo. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a team that CMU faces, okay? So, <laughs> like um, you know, it it was a crazy game. Uh, in my league, he ended up scoring I think it was like 41 fantasy points. Like it was an automatic win for whoever had him. Yeah, I, I know you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, I had to play it, against it crazy him, so he hurt my heart a little bit. Yeah. But he seems like a pretty humble yeah, guy. Yeah, and, and it was, yeah, like his, I think it was his first carry, actually. First time he got the ball, it was a fumble. You know, he fumbled the ball. And after that, you know, he puts on this performance. It's a great way to bounce back, and it was unbelievable. And I, for the stud performance for me, I'm, I'm going to loop back sort of in the Baker Mayfield direction. Um, if you guys go to your phones right now and you ask Siri, um, actually, where or uh, who owns Ohio State Stadium, it'll tell you Baker Mayfield does. So yeah. I, they keep ripping on Ohio State, and I don't know what their problem is against them. Like they did it earlier this year too with another comment. I forget what it was. Um, I think it was JT was short or something like that. <laughs> um, but either way, it's funny to me. It's comical. So they're my stud of the week. Let's go, Duds. I'll go reverse. I'll go with you first, Dylan. All right. So for my dud, it's actually an interesting one. I have a video for mine. Uh, his name is Sergio Dip. He's a sideline reporter. He was on Monday Night Football, and it was just it was just laughable. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll, uh, I'll start it up right now. Hopefully, I got all the sound on. But man, that was uh, I was watching it live actually, and you know I had to like look to my side and look at my roommate. I was like, "There's no way this guy's serious right now." But here 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 we go. Coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching. Coach Vance Joseph, from here, you watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. And here he is, having the time of his life. Oh, I don't know, man. That was too much. I I don't know. On the screen. I don't know if I was watching like the Iowa Hawkeyes versus a Mac opponent on ESPN two on a Saturday or something, or if I was watching Monday Night Football because it did not seem like a very good broadcast last night. Wow. Even now, like that was just so bad. That is bad. That is an example that you will see for a while. I don't get put in plenty of eyes. So yeah, I saw it. It like blew up on Twitter after that. Like I saw it the one time, and you know, I pulled out my phone. It was everywhere. So, yeah, <laughs> it was really funny. Elena, do you have a dud? Uh, I do. Uh, my dud this week is Adrian Peterson. I think he was kind of hoping to go in uh, up against the Vikings and kind of show them what they're missing, what they're missing out on, what they gave up on. And uh, he let his replacement, Delvin Cook, kind of show him up. I know Adrian didn't play much, but when he was out there, he really didn't 
really didn't really yeah. do that much, and yeah. that no. one showed him up. And I agree with that 100% because I think if, you know, Adrian would have started doing good, then I think that he would have obviously ran away with that game and they would have kept him in the backfield. Couldn't take advantage right away, and the, the, the Saints ended up just kind of sticking with their committee the whole game. And Adrian's going to have to get used to that. You know, it looked like he was uncomfortable a lot in the sideline during that game, but he's going to have to get used to that if that's the way he's going to run. So, Evan, you're done. Yeah, my dud is Louisiana Tech's hilarious fumble. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, please go look it up. Uh, you'll just laugh and laugh and laugh, and it's totally worth it. Um, so they fumbled for a loss of 87 yards and then recovered the football. So essentially what happened was it was a bad snap, and the ball pretty much got kicked all the way down the field by both yep. the teams because no one could really pick it up. They were playing Mississippi State ended up losing 21-57, uh, to 57, but it set up a third and 93 situation. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I would do in that situation. <laughs> like, what do you do? Punt? Take a knee? I don't know. Just maybe try to kick a field goal to be funny? I don't know what like, you do. I don't know what you do, but <laughs> that just had me laughing so hard. So, yeah, that's, that's my dud of the week, but it's also super funny, so that, that's all cool. Uh, absolutely insane right there. I can't believe that. <laughs> um, my dud of the week, I'm going to go with Brian Kelly. Um, Notre Dame desperately needed this win. It was a game that their fan base and their tough alumni that they have because it, they are very critical of their coaches in Notre Dame. Um, I expected them to go out and have a good game against Georgia, and they did play right with them, but at home in a close game like that, you got to close the deal. They couldn't do it. They couldn't get the drive to be able to get them the win. And Brian Kelly had a couple of really questionable calls on some third and fourth downs that could have got him first downs to move on. One of them was a read option that I've read about all week that people are just very upset with terrible call on a third down to run a, I think out of fourth down and one when you run anything out of the shotgun and hand it off I think it's a bad play so mm-hmm. um, just not a good not a good uh, coach game by him at least to finish and he's got a lot of corrections to make or he might be running out of time out there in South Bend that is it for this week on Sportsmanlike Conduct um, hope you guys enjoy listening we'll be back next week um, for, for Elena for Dylan for Evan and myself we will talk to you guys next time <laughs>